Welcome to the Few Podcast. Never in the field of human contact was so much owed by so many to so few. So you want to become one of the few. You can't skip steps. You have to put one foot in front of the other. Things take time. I have a dream. Have a dream. Hear inspiring stories from the few and learn about what it takes to turn your dreams into a reality. It's a day for all Australians, isn't it? It's a day that brings us all together. Marvellous. Your hosts, Boo and Sean. Welcome to another few podcast. It's me, Boo, here with my co-host, Sean. Sean, how are you today, mate? Fantastic, Boo. Uh, really excited for our upcoming guest today. I'm super excited. This is an area that I've constantly struggled with, wasted enormous amounts of money, and just when I think I know what I'm doing, the world changes from underneath me, and I need to learn it all over again. Absolutely, and one of the things that makes me cringe the most is whenever I talk to a business owner and they say, I was talking to this website company and dot, 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 right? Yeah. Now I know that 99.9% of the time, it's going to mean something like I've just flushed thousands of dollars down the toilet. Yeah. Or I've just built my new website. Look at that. Oh, yeah. I've built and a brand new website. website. I'm going to get so much business now. And it's, like, and it's just yeah. a fancy brochure sitting there that nobody knows even exists. If mm. they even get that, you know, the last one was great. Last one I got was like, Someone spent three and a half thousand dollars, paid some family friend up front, and got nothing. So that oh, was even it'd better. It'd be so but, nice if there was someone out there that knew what they're doing. Let me tell exactly, you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that's a great segue into our next guest, who is definitely not falling into that category. It's the 0.01 percent uh, category. Is uh, Jen Jevons. Now Jen is the founder of Pixel Palace, and Pixel Palace focus on strategic marketing, not like a marketing company that is going to, you know, take your money and hopefully get you an outcome. But this is strategic, researched deliberate targeted marketing as well as web design that actually goes hand in hand and like dovetails together so that you've got the strategy and the site working to actually do what a website's meant to do and what your marketing's meant to do which is get qualified leads so you can produce business from that and produce a revenue from that so i want to say a massive welcome to jen's background not only in the pixel palace she also had a, a little bit of a career in the singing world and I'll let her fill you in on that a little bit later. And yeah, but it's an exciting start to her journey into adulthood and then across into business. And hopefully we can get some correlation between those two, I suppose, different lives. So once again, uh, really happy to have you on, Jen. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it's an interesting tale, my journey across from music to what I do now. My entire life, when I was tiny, all I wanted to do was sing and make music and write and be on stage. And so I pursued that heavily for the first 20, 30 years of my life. So up until when I was 30, music was my full-time career. Basically 30 years of your life. There must have been some pretty cool highlights there doing singing professionally. What's some of the things that you remember the most? Well, I was lucky enough to score a gig as a backing singer for Savage Garden in 1997. Wow, so did they yeah. fight all the time? Or are they like pretty <laughs> chill? They, it always seems like there's a bit of tension there. Honestly, we could do an hour podcast on that. I'm not going to go into it. But um, <laughs> it'll be part of my book that I'm hoping to write. Um, awesome. They, no doubt you learned something from that experience oh, though. A lot. Yeah. So I did about a year and a half with them touring the world, which was amazing. And then wow. after that, I got my own record deal and publishing deal and had a really big pop hit here in Australia in 2001. So oh, cool. What's the, we need that to add to the intro. You can Google, if you Google me, you'll see it. The band was called Aniki and um, cool. the song was called Pleased to Meet You, but it ended up being the most played Australian song on commercial radio for two years running. Like we wow. beat 
can't get you out of my head by Kylie was second after us in terms of airplay. That year. Man, that is crazy. Right? Yeah, wow. massive. Well, there's the few right there. Not many people get to have a, a hit mm-hmm. on the radio. And a hit that awesome. beats one of Kylie's. Yeah. yeah. That's it. But it's an interesting story, right? Because really when that all fell in a, in a pile of shit, which it did when I was in my late 20s and nothing. A high-risk high career path, isn't it, really? If you... I made no money. I, despite writing, co-producing, performing, touring, everything about that song, I literally made $4,000 taxable income that year that I had the most wow. played song on Australian radio. Wow. It's okay. So the tax man doesn't listen to the, he doesn't listen to this show. You can, you can be straight up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it wasn't, I, I loved it. It was amazing, but I really had got to a point in my late 20s where it was just pushing shit up a hill really hard with the record company, everything. So, again, massive story for another time, probably part of my book. But, but um, how, how did you then go from music to yeah, uh, design, like to, yeah. to digital design. Well, when Aniki's album was coming out, the record company paid for a website. So in the early 2000s, there weren't many websites. It was like the beginning of the web. So we had this really cool website, but they didn't pay, have any money to update it. So my brother and I, who I lived with at the time because I was earning no money, um, I was literally living with my brother in Brisbane while I was pop starring it, um, decided that we'd learn how to, we'd download Dreamweaver and we'd learn how to edit the website ourselves. So we did. And so then I started updating the website with content from me about stuff. And I would be on the IRC chat chatting to fans. Like, and this was the only real way I could communicate with people that loved the music. And I'd get on the Aniki chat rooms and actually chat to people. And I really just fell in love with web and like communicating. Like for me, it's funny. People always say, how did you go from like pop star songwriting to web and it's like they're kind of the same thing it's like communication and storytelling and connection and it's like that's always been my driver is creativity and connection with people so when it fell in a heap and I literally had to start my life again at 29 30 told the record company to get stuffed and went traveling with my boyfriend at the time now my husband and came back and was like what am I gonna do I like web and I went and did a TAFE course literally and had to put up with people going I you look like that girl that sang that song and I'm in the TAFE course. So, yeah, that was the beginning of it and it just sort of grew from there. Awesome, awesome. So you had a, which is an interesting story because externally people would look at your singing career and go, wow, you had a song that was more played than Kylie and you toured the world for a year and a half playing you know, in front of up to 25,000 people at a time and you know, all this sort of stuff and wow, you, you were so successful, you know. What did you feel at the time? Did you feel successful at the time? This is such the insight, right? So I spent the last, like the 10 years following that or even 15 years following the Aniki thing, I felt like a failure. Like I felt, I was embarrassed. I didn't tell, I started this business and for 10, 15 years until the last 12 months, I didn't tell anyone that that was me. Like it wasn't part of my narrative because I felt like I'd failed. And part of why I felt like I failed was because I had people around me that were telling me I was unsuccessful like I had again another story for another time but a lot of gaslighting yeah that's that's a that's a peer group that's not going to uh, lift you to the next level in life is it correct and my big learning from that is about the people around me and um not not letting yeah like the circle of people the people that are around you are the sum of the people around you and so I had some not very good people around me at that time none of the people from that time are in my life anymore and look at me now so it's a good point that you make because what we try and identify, Jen, with when Sean and I started this, and we're like, "Whoa, you know, what's different? What is it? What is this thing about people that that look 
through a glass wall and they see someone they want to be and then they and then they get there and one of the interesting what kind of off topic here but i'd be really interested to hear from you is one of the things for me is i achieved my life dream when i was 21 Mm. some people never never get there and then live that dream for 10 years and then forcibly had to do something else and felt all those things like a failure and i don't know how to do anything else but this one very niche thing how did you find that journey then in terms of i mean if if there is a bit of a a negative peer group around you but but that inner something that kept you moving despite all of that what do you i don't know it's what do you kind of call that how does that feel to you yeah, that's really interesting. And I've only identified this about myself literally in the last six months, but my massive driver is challenge and the journey for me. Like I feel successful every day when I'm feeling challenged and like I'm progressing. So for me, interestingly, with the music career in particular, the best times of that were literally like the times before everything happened. Like when we were writing the album for Aniki and I was in you know, I spent six months living in Stockholm, working with producers and catching a train to the studio every day and just writing amazing music and producing it. And that, like the anticipation of what was to come kind of thing and the challenge of trying to always do something better was better than, honestly, I mean, the moments of being on the panel or being on Rove or being at a concert where everyone's singing the words back to me to my song. They were big moments. But honestly, I got to a point where I felt like, it wasn't what I thought it would be. So I was ready for the next thing. And I'm realized that in what I'm doing now, a big part of it now is acknowledging that like the challenge and the journey for me is the bit. And I've learned to sit back into that. And I think when you're there, you don't realize it. When you're at that stage, when you haven't grown and matured enough to realize it, that your focus is, oh, when I get here, then I'll be successful. Then I'll feel like a success, you know, and when I have this and I've got a million fans and, you know, when I've made a million dollars from my albums and stuff, that yes. that's when I'll be successful. But and that robbed side- me of the joy of those things in the Aniki bit, in my music career in particular, even in the Savage Garden thing. I was 21 when I was doing that. I was such a baby. We all were babies. Like even they were babies. And there was this sense of, I just felt like it was going to go on forever. And I didn't really stop and take, take it in the way I do now with what I'm doing now and realising that, yeah, that's what motivates, that's the motivator for me was always, the challenge and the hopefulness of what was to come kind of thing. So it's a really, it's a really animalistic trait in, in us, isn't it? It's yeah, the same as when you talk to someone who climbed Everest. It's like, once you get there, it's like, Oh, I'm here now. Yeah. It was, it was the, all the climbing and the pain and the, the day-to-day challenge to actually to get there. So if you think about that, Jen, and the fact you've got perspective on it now, it doesn't change though, does it? You still need the challenge. You still, oh. it's that, it's just you appreciate the journey more. And so many successful people say once they have the what society says is success, the money, the song, whatever it is, for the successful person, that's the end. Yes. But that's where everyone sees you at the, at the start. And the paradox of success, I guess, is it has to be followed by failure because it's unsustainable. Well, that's it. Like everything keeps moving. So that, I think that is, the, that is when even my business now got supercharged was when this clicked for me and it was in December, January this year, literally where it clicked exactly what you just said. Like there's not going to be an end point for me. There's not, there's not a finish point. It's about every single day, that feeling of, yeah, like there's a challenge and it's reframed challenges to the hard stuff has now become rightio game on. I'm leveling up. Let's go. Like, it's like going to the gym. It's not, 
it's a complete perspective change, which makes me more successful by everyone else's terms. But also I feel different. It's defined differently though now. Knowing, having obviously been part of your journey now for almost two years and how you were in yourself when it comes to leadership, you know, self-awareness, all that sort of stuff back then versus now, what do you think the key things have been or tactics, strategies, lessons, whatever those might be, so that we can share those with our listeners, is what do you think those were that took you from kind of, you know, where there was freak out moments of, ah, Sean, you know, this person's just left and they were like, they're like my whole business. And then we're like, yeah, but hang on, if they weren't really a fit. So let's replace that person with two people with more specific skill sets and suddenly everything started to happen. But that version of yourself then was still very, I suppose, fearful of the change and the challenge versus now you, 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 I think, have you you've moved to office, office twice in 12? Oh, heaps. I'm already, and I'm, my new lease, I'm just about to go to the landlords and go, I need a bigger one from in the same building. <laughs> so like so what, were those, what were those key things do you feel, those key tactics, strategies, lessons that you took away that allowed you to, to shift into that, into this, yeah. this more authentic and stronger and inspirational version of yourself? I think, yeah, like I think what you just said is so true. Like I was still, a bit of what happened to me in my music career was still happening here where I was, very dependent on people around, like trying to cling on and get certainty from people around me and had nothing internally. So I would definitely say the biggest thing that I did and learned was to invest in myself, like to actually stop. And so it was things like getting a business mentor like yourself and investing, not just financially in that, but like time, like committing to doing it and saying, right, I'm going to do it even though it's hard. And it hasn't been easy. Like, I mean, you know, I've rung you bawling my guts out at least twice so like, but investing in that financially as well as time-wise, as well as mentally everything and also investing in personal development stuff. So all of the work that I've done around energy clearing, getting through old blocks, getting rid of old stories, like I've invested heavily in that. And that again, wasn't easy. But um, over the last two years, how much has consistency played a part in that? Huge, huge amounts, turning, showing up. So 100% in all of it, like the, that's investing, right? So consistency is investing in the, in the plan and the outcome. So 100%, like in my business, invest, invested is like one of our key values. And for me, it's, that's everything about everything I ever do. So yeah, I think that's a big one is consistency, being invested in the outcome, in spending the money on it, spending the time on it. The other things were really being aware of my ego because I think ego, the ego thing was making me cling on to other people as well, weirdly, in a backwards way. Well, can you explore that one, Jen? Because I find when we talk ego uh, uh, with people, everyone tends to think big ego, which isn't necessarily... Or bad. Uh, no. Or bad yeah. ego. So, so when you say ego, like for you and your journey to like continual and bigger, bigger success, yeah. what does that mean? Well, it was things like playing small because I was scared that people would judge me or relying on people around me. Like it's, it, ego doesn't need to be the big, confident, blustering thing. It can be the fact that even my ego was the thing that was stopping me sharing my music history story with people. Like that's ego. And even that example, not sharing that story, that story has massive impact. Like there's so much in it. And there's, there, like I keep saying, there's a book in it. Because every time I share bits of that story with people, there's lessons in it that are so valuable that like, made me who it's I so am. It's so intense and rich. It's such a, yeah, like, a rich and life experience. Ridiculous not to share it. People are so interested and there's so much to share there. So that's ego of me being scared to show up. So 
I also think in terms of hiring and being egoless in terms of getting team who are substantially more intelligent or better at things than you is a thing that I consistently see people around me getting wrong. They're too scared to hire because their ego won't let them hire someone really good. They go for a junior. Like that's ego just in every way for me. There's a bit of fear with ego, a yeah. bit of fear, oh, a bit of insecurity yeah. with it. Fear was my number one, this is my number one problem. Sean would back me up two years ago, fear. And fear, even like people go, well, you clearly weren't scared. Like I'm confident, right? So I show up and I'm an extrovert and I'm happy to be on stage. But I was so fearful all through my music career of everything. But I could get up on the high, I could sing live on the panel, acoustic, on the highest rating TV show at the time. So like confidence and in my ability to do that, but fearful that I just didn't have what it took underneath it all. So fear. I think there's a difference difference there Jen between that confidence can be can be faked but certainty cannot yeah I had no certainty whereas now when we don't have that certainty we we're like a deer in headlights you know half the time that all this stuff can go on and it's really really like it blocks us for doing so many things and obviously you achieve what you achieve then despite that right so and and that was by pushing by making it happen using confidence to I suppose, you know, it's one of a better term, which is not a great term, fake it till you make it. Yeah. You know, I was going to say no bluff too tough, but there's, there's, plenty, there's plenty out there to Absolutely. hang your hat on. A hundred percent. Like I just had a single-minded, I just, that music thing is an example of since I was little, I wasn't pushy about it, but I just knew in my head I was going to be a pop star from when I was little. I just was like, I'm just going to be Madonna. And so it, things, opportunities arise and I took them when other people didn't. I just said yes to things that I wasn't ready for and I just did it. Um, but yeah, it was definitely that fake it till you make it thing constantly. But I think what's really interesting there though, is it's so many people struggle to find their purpose in life or their, why they exist. And I was equally, you know, since I could remember going to be a fighter pilot, it's the only thing I knew, everything I did in life was towards that goal. You wanted to sting everything you did. It totally defines your childhood and formative years yeah. with that level of focus. How do you find subsequently finding purpose and subsequently harnessing that or using those skills that you've learned to achieve before in the next phase of life. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like there is such an, it's so the same for me. And like I've done talks on this, but it is, it's like, I'm just driven by connection and visibility and impact. So like the music career was exactly the same thing. That was, I, I wasn't about getting up. I never wanted to be on like a TV show singing someone else's songs. It, they were all my songs and my stories. Like the whole album is me and my life at that time. So like, it's just authentic connection and people and communication and visibility though. Like I am, I know I like, I'm driven by people going, wow, Jen, you, that's, you're really good at that. Mm -hmm. So like, I am driven by that and it's a bit of ego, but it's also, I use it in a way that helps. I love elevating other people as well. So how does the flip side feel? Of if they don't like me, terrible. (laughs) (laughs) and I'm just lucky honestly in my music career like I literally people go how did you like cope with the knockbacks I just never got any it was weird yeah wow it was just like the universe went here's your path yeah like opportunities arose I said yes I mean and and it looks to me based on what's going on at the moment that it's kind of history repeating itself yeah but this time this time I'm I'm not doing what I did last time and I don't mean the collapse bit I mean the yeah allowing yeah. it to flow and the, yeah the, the I'm good at getting in flow it's just that the fear would get in but this time I'm doing all the things now to make sure that that old stuff doesn't repeat now you're showing up with certainty that's yeah. the difference between 
the you that I met a couple of years ago and the you now is you. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, guys, we're, we're skirting an issue here. There's, there's a, something's happened. And, and I think a big part of, of the few and for us to be able to, to influence and also put an arm around people that listen to the show is, mm. Jen, what, what happened? Like, what is the worst thing that's happened to you? And how has that shaped who you are and what you are in terms of a business owner and as a successful individual? You've got to have these painful moments, don't you? Yeah. Absolutely. And 100% I've had two massive ones. The first one was I got fired from Savage Garden in a story, oh, wow. which was I went from touring the world to suddenly, no, you're not doing the next six months. You're just at home in Brisbane with no work, no job, no nothing, no money done. And then weirdly, I got my record deal about a year later from Savage Garden. So that, again, there you go. So it all kind of works time. out. Yeah, you've got it. But, you, but that wouldn't have happened if you didn't lose it, right? There's, there's no, a... the, one of the, the, the story was that the failures have been massive lessons in the fact that you can come back from anything. So like for me, and then fast forwarding to Aniki where, okay, great. Trajectory, awesome. Massive hit single, killing it. All the things. APRA Songwriter of the Year shared with Sia for 2002. Like crazy shit happening. And then bang. Nope, sorry, um, pretty much record company loses interest. Tumbleweeds. No one wants to hear from you. Done. And I'm broke. I'm nearly 30. I have nothing and except embarrassment that I'm a complete failure, like no money. All my friends are married with houses and careers and I have like been visible and I'm completely broke and completely fucked. And then my mother passed away suddenly and I went, that is it. And I pulled the plug and I didn't sing for two years and we went wow. traveling. And so like I bottomed out in a big way cut off everyone I knew at that point and literally started Pixel Palace like you know a year or so but later. how do you rebuild I mean you took a couple of years how do you self-heal and refocus through that my experience was just jump out move to Afghanistan yeah. set up a business from scratch disappear off the face of the earth for three years and then come back home so yeah. how did you self-heal through that and get the I know you said that you started to muck around with the website with your brother, but there's a deeper element to it, is there? I mean, mucking around with the website to being a successful entrepreneur and businesswoman. Yeah. What's the thing or the mantras or the process it, that you go it through? It was the, I just, when I, I didn't know at the time, I literally didn't, it was literally one foot in front of the other at the time, dead set. Like it was, I didn't really want to go out. I didn't see anyone. All of the friends I had, I didn't want to see anymore. I went back to all my old friends that were still there. Thank God after all the shit. But what I realized was actually what back to that challenge piece and the helping people piece, the connection and elevating people around me, which is my personal purpose. Like that was how I started. Like I realized I had a skill and I quite enjoyed the creative design part of web. And then I knew friends that needed stuff. So I was just helping and it just started going. And then suddenly my helping turned into, like we said before, the universe kind of clears the way. And suddenly I was getting clients from all over the place, LA-based fashion clients and stuff from my bedroom in Brisbane. So it was just about that personal purpose, even though I didn't really know it yet. It was just pivoting on my why, not my what, I guess is the big thing. And I've been talking about this heaps recently with my team, but I didn't realize at the time that that was my why, but it was, and it still is. And it was my why when I was doing music, it was about connection and people and all that sort of stuff, like human connection. And even now it's the same. It's about people and communication. So I just pivoted on my what on my why. Did you waver though? Did you wait? Like when you go from one career stream to a new one, were, yeah. were you feeling pressure to go into mainstream, get a job, 
Yeah, and I did. I got a job, like um, my friend owned a really good hair salon in Brisbane and he went, look, if you need work, you can come and be my salon coordinator. So I literally was like a door bitch at a hairdresser <laughs> for a year. And again, people would go, I knew that girl from an I'm like, oh my God, seriously. Yeah. I just look like oh, She's it. my evil twin. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, people say it all the time. I don't know why. Yeah, I just get my um, hair done here to look the same. Yeah. So, so, so I did. I did. Like I didn't, I didn't go for, and I also had my partner at the time we got married and we decided to have kids. So there was a whole heap of things that happened in between, but I really did dump and run. I didn't sing at all for two years. And thank God some people I knew in Brisbane that had been, you know, really well-known musos in Brisbane contacted me and they needed a new singer for their awesome corporate band. And they convinced me again, here's an example of me putting my ego aside. I love singing. I love being on stage in front of people, but I was so embarrassed about the whole thing. And I was like, I can't go back to covers. How can I go back to covers? And they convinced me to join their, they were the top corporate band in Brisbane at the time. So it wasn't exactly a come down. But I remember sitting in the first, in the rehearsal room at the first rehearsal with them. And I sat on the couch and they're all sitting up and I literally sat there crying silently because I was like, this is shit. How did I end up back here? But wow. dead set, that was the best move of my life because I was with that band for 15 years and it wow. saved That's me. That's awesome. Yeah. And I got back, we were big shows like a lot of that 80s stuff that I was doing like big shows in front of people it was so fun and I had the best 15 years in that band so you so, weren't taking it so seriously you actually were enjoying it this time just enjoying enjoy, it. yeah with no pressure and just singing for the joy of being up in front of people and connecting and making people happy which is my personal purpose again so but I had so to know, put you, ego aside I know there's the expression obviously you know the whole overnight success thing so you know it sounds like neither of your you know, successes as we as we're talking to here were overnight no. But what I what I observed though is there's been a dramatic shift considering how long you've had the, been involved in the web side, the web development side, mm-hmm. in the last two years and probably more so the last eighteen months or less. I would say six months. Even well, but it's definitely it's accelerating. Oh yeah. What, what has been the difference between it kind of going flat like this and this massive kind of hockey stick change and shift and growth? What's been the key? like light bulb moments, realizations, lessons, or, or something that's, that's got you to, to make it click, to make it work? I think un- realizing that business isn't complicated and we make it complicated. So like just getting out of the way, like I knew it when I came to you, Sean, that I was the biggest problem in the business because the business was doing exceptionally well, even despite all of my absolute crap stories that I had going on. Um, yeah, I just couldn't. Where it had been in the past. Yeah. Not yeah. better now. No. So I think that like getting out of realizing that if you follow the process and you show up and you're consistent and that you plan and that you tick off all the boxes and alongside that work on yourself. Cause I, what I have seen too in the last couple of years, I've really, it's become glaringly obvious to me that the people that are running successful businesses have done a lot of personal development work. Absolutely. If you're a bit busted and have a lot of bad stories going, it's incredibly difficult to scale a business and have team and have, happy clients and especially in what I do, like service industry stuff, it's, yeah. I don't well, know how people The do thing it. is, if it was all based on how to, yeah, we could just anyone. Google it, look at Wikipedia, YouTube, whatever, get all the stuff. This is how you create a successful business. We'd all be billionaires. Yeah. No. But it's what so, goes on in here. And well, as you, the same, you have to be a psychopath to be a billionaire. I'm almost convinced of that now. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, sure, sure you do, but let's, let's just say. Definitely have to have say, something. Yeah, re- really well off. Let's say really well off. Oh, makes yeah. me feel much better about not being one anyway. But that thing of what's going on in here is, yeah. is what's blocking us. And that thing, as you know, you've heard me say too, Jen, is like 
business isn't complicated, people complicate business. 100%. And we're the most complicated of them all because we're the ones that decided to jump off the cliff and then go, oh, crap, I need to build something before I hit the ground, you know, before I go splat. And we just kind of just do it, just wing it and, and get in there and, and give it a go. And, you know, I mean, my observations to reflect back what you've just said, Jen, I think which is good for, for those listening is it's, there's, there's a couple of key things there. There's number one is consistency. And it's the, it's the C word that you need to remember all the time, right? <laughs> consistency. That if you're not consistently showing up, you're not consistently doing what other people that have what you want, that are on the other side of that piece of glass. If that person's doing something consistently that you're not, then you're less likely to get where they're going. Because if you look through lots of different pieces of glass at different people, you probably see that that thing that they're doing is consistent across 90 plus percent of them, right? So, that, so success leaves clues. It leaves patterns, habits, things that people are doing. And they're not necessarily hard. It's just what is hard is actually having the drive and the self, the commitment to yourself yeah, to, to show consistently up. show up and consistently do it time and time and time again. Hundred percent. I and think I've definitely what, observed that with you in the last two years. Yeah, I think also what was crucial with that with me was that I identified, and I kind of knew this anyway, but I'm very driven by what how I'm perceived for better or worse. So I'm better than I was on that, but I've used that to my advantage in this. So I am very much if I I'm not internally. I'm very extrinsically motivated. Like I'm not intrinsically motivated. And I know that about myself. So I have to put myself in a situation where I'm accountable to other people for me to be consistent. If I'm accountable to you and the group, Sean, to show up and say, here's my goals for the week. Here's my strategic planning. Here's what I said I'd do. I, you know, if I said I'll be here at this time, I'll be there. And I am very, very consistent because I know if I put myself publicly out there, that works for me. If I don't, and it's just up to me, I won't be consistent. I know. I'm going, to, I'm going to say, Jenna, I don't think you're fully extrinsically motivated. You're still. No, I think you've got to have the intrinsic motivation. Intrinsic drive. I well, think yes. it's that extrovert yeah, personality type. But if there's, it's there's just a lot about of quiet me, nights, I'll let it go. A lot of quiet nights there where people aren't patting you on the back. They're not. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is, a, again, one of the areas we love to explore here is that motivation, the, the, uh, the inner fire. It's, it's fascinating. When I was. I got in a little bit of trouble when I was a fighter pilot because I was uh, a little bit loose with some of the rules and my boss sat me down and wrote this formal letter and he goes, look, I know that in reality you're a safe pilot, you're a decent guy, but the perception out there is that you're not. And that for me, like you just said there, Jen, was perception is so important. You don't have to live and make everyone believe you're someone else, but you have to be aware when you're influencing or engaging people that they are perceiving you a certain way. How they perceive you is totally up to you. And, and the problem is that their perception, if sustained, becomes their reality. Yes. Right? So that they, doesn't matter what you say or do, if it's ingrained for long enough, that person's going to perceive you that way. It's even when you haven't met somebody before and someone goes, oh, yeah, just watch out for that guy. They're a bit of a dickhead. And then you meet them and you're like, I'm not seeing dickhead. dickhead. But there's always this yeah. thing about, yeah. is this person, like, because someone's already pro, put a pre-program in, yeah. going, you're kind of looking for it. Because someone else has had a bad experience. Mm -hmm. But then when you spend a lot of time with them, you don't see it at all. But again, it's that person's perception of what their interactions were. And is that something you were aware of, Jen? The perception of Jen, the pop star? Hyper aware. I'm still, like, it's probably my biggest, like, my business was built on high-functioning anxiety about what people thought of me for, like, a good 10 years, literally. It was why 
I do believe it's not healthy, but it's why this business is different to most other web businesses out there. Uh, Janet, must, must, be a, must be a singer thing because um, that was the first 10, 15 yeah. years of my business career. Yes. It was all about... It was all because about, it's about how people you know, perceive richer, you. Being perceived yeah. as this despite That's going it. down a many, yeah. many six figures financial black hole as I was growing my <laughs> business and doubling every year because my ego loved it, yeah. uh, eating two-minute noodles at home, that it was actually driven by what other people thought and not yeah. what I thought. It was. So I, can, I, think, I could see that. I could see the few band here now. I mean, it's starting to starting to shape up as a little something. So way too much energy in that one. Uh, we, yeah. we did. Uh, Jen and I actually did do a duo a couple of months ago. We did. We, did, uh, we performed to close off the event that you got you and uh, the after you afterburners. Oh wow! The afterburners so, show we closed off. Like I was blessed singing, with a horrible singing voice. Doing a cover of uh, Farnham's "You're the Voice." So. Um, Oh, wow. That's went, yeah, that's next level. That's like one level down from Whitney Houston. We were both <laughs> terrified of what everyone would say about us as well. So it was great. And for me, it had been 13 years since I got in front of a, 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 a and got up in front with my guitar and sang in front of anybody. And it was in front of, you know, 100 people who were my clients, which was a very different context and very uncomfortable. But I think it's a good exercise for both of us, Sean. That's exercise. my thing is about, yeah, being, it's okay. And yeah, like I think I've got, I've still got work to do to let go of, and I've, been, I've come along. I think, part of the supercharging of this business in the last six months is me actually relaxing a little bit of that. That was the second point I was going to get to before about what I've observed. The first one is about consistency. The second one is about you investing in yourself, right? Because people go, I'm going to invest in, I'm going to invest in this program or this course or this person or this, well, you're not. They're just a vehicle, right? When we're investing, we're investing in ourselves through that vehicle. And if we've got a two-door MX-5 and now we've got two kids, we're going to need to change the freaking vehicle. It's not going to work unless you can fit them in the boot. And it's very small. So, you know, the whole concept of this is that you've consistently the last two years invest in yourself to get not only, and this is the thing I think people perceive is, is that, you know, you want to go and learn how to do a build a business where well, you don't. You want to learn how to become a great business person. Mm-hmm. That's what builds great businesses because great business people will build great businesses. And if you try and build a business first, it'll fall back to wherever you are. You've got to build yourself ahead of where the business is going. And that focus, not only on the learning the business stuff and being consistent around the planning and execution and strategies, it's been this focus also on actually dealing with your underlying stuff, you know, the, the psychology stuff, the doing energy work and stuff, you know, the, the, as you know, I introduced you to, to Sand Mew, who I work with is incredible talent um, in that space. Um, I call her my secret weapon. Uh, she's the one that helped me break my arm, boo, like you've done with yours. It was going through some process. But anyway, it's another story for another time. And then the last one is surrounding yourself by the right people. Now, those three things, consistency, investing in yourself and surrounding yourself with the right people. 100%. I've seen you just absolutely blossom, like just into the authentic, true version of yourself. You know, there's no bravado or bullshit or ego coming. It's just, hey, I'm Jen. And yep. I, I like myself, here I am, I'm here to help and serve and, you know, I've got I'm full of energy and not all the time because we're human, yep. but when you're there to serve, you're there to serve at the highest level. And that's 100%. come from those three, three elements. And, it's and that, such- that's, a, that's a good segue into a question I'm really keen to hear you answer, Jen, and that's to be successful and not what other people perceive as successful for you to believe you're successful is obviously the result of a lot of battle and a lot of sacrifices all the way through life. And a lot of people are put off by that. But if you look at yourself now, what is the payoff? What is the upside of going through all of that, those ups and downs and choosing a career path and a life that's clearly 
no matter how good you are, how talented you are, you are guaranteed to put yourself on a roller coaster. What is the payoff to that living that life well lived now? It's the like perspective. Like I can, it's given me this ability to not only see my self and my life in a perspective, but other people's as well. So I have a massive amount of empathy and perspective on other people, which is a superpower, especially in what I do now with team, but with clients as well. So that, but I think it's just, yeah, yeah, it's perspective. Like that fact that I can enjoy the journey now, like I can enjoy challenges because I kind of know, man, I've bottomed out several times <laughs> badly. And I always kind of came back, like I talked to my team, some of my team are young too. And I'm like, dudes, I started this at 30 and look at it. Like yeah. you're 27 and you're freaking out. Can you stop? I feel like Gary Vee. I'm like, <laughs> you're not over. Like I'm only literally, I'm about to turn 45 and I feel like I'm just hitting my straw. Like I'm really hitting the juice now. This is it. This is it. So, you know, I think it's that, like the perspective, enjoying. How great is that to to go through life and keep hitting the accelerator? I mean, so so many people start to tail off. Yeah, no. And start to give up and start to resign themselves to uh, this is the best life gets. To see that it can continually get better. I mean, how cool is that? That's it. And I think that's my thing, right? Like that's actually part of my personal purpose is to fully inspire people around me to realize exactly that like i want to i my personal purpose is to do well by doing good while supporting elevating and inspiring those around me and part of it is that like that you can it's never over and if you if you get in your lane and you're on your why and your purpose and the things that float your boat then it doesn't feel like work and you can like it can keep going it's I'm funny though isn't it run out of time because i'm having it's, fun it's not, but it's, it's something that's quite hard to tell people. And you can't tell people. Yeah. And, and, I, yeah, and yeah. you've had the, all these ups and downs and I find with kids, especially you're like, Oh, they're going to get hurt by this, but it's like, well, you're going to have to, cause that's the yeah. best thing about it. And that's going to yeah. do you a much bigger favor than, than, than keeping you safe from it. And, and millennial, I hate that term millennials, yeah. but let's call it people with less experience in life. When they find these things insurmountable, I must admit, I do find it challenging to, impart knowledge sometimes and, and your experience because you just how can you help them learn without hurting them because that's well, the that's, thing that I remember I've learned to let my team kind of fail a couple of times on things to really feel the burn on things when I could have helped but also the other like this is part of why I'm glad I've started owning my story now because I will wheel out like people so often for years too would go everything falls in your lap everything's so easy you just get all the opportunity everything it's so easy for you you got well, this. Yeah. Like it's, and I, oh my and God. Who are you quoting there? Because clearly that's someone in. Some, a lot of. With a bad list. Yeah. With a bad list. Love it. <laughs> but it's a, it's a common theme from people around me that know me, that watch from the outside and seem to think that, okay, I'm yes. Ass- I'm assuming they're not on. part of your inner circle though, these people. Yeah. Oh, they're, well. They're periphery people. Periphery people. Okay, the yeah. inner circle people know how hard I, like as in my inner circle people, yeah, as in your inner know circle. how hard I have worked over the, and know the ups and downs that I've had. But, but, but isn't it interesting observing people projecting their vomit onto uh, you? Absolutely. 100%. Onto you? Like, it's and not, I've done a lot of work. Of about, especially in nightclubs when you're singing when you're 22 well, yeah, years yeah. old. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> but I've cut a lot of those, like those kind of people I either don't engage in. A, I've cut a lot of toxic people out of my life in the last two years as well, you know, that I've had like friendships I've had since high school, I've got rid of because I'd leave feeling small. Well, I'm glad I'm still here, Jen. So that's... Yeah, uh, you're here. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's... it's Awesome. That's that's great. That's great. I, I mean, 
we could, we could go on and on and on. And I'm sure there's some um, stories about other famous singers and stuff, oh, man. That, you know, and that's a whole podcast series on about. its own. Time for another time. Yeah, but that's uh, a secret podcast. Yeah. It's a secret podcast. That's right. it's, the, it's the one where you have to leave it running for 10 minutes and it starts, you know, because like those old <laughs> albums are really freaking annoying. So I want to say a massive thank you, Jen, for coming on and joining us. And what we'd like to do before we go is to ask it like a final question, just to give a little bit of a, uh, something for our listeners to chew on and to consider. And it really comes back to, you've had a, you know, you had a very interesting sort of two, two clear, distinctly different lives uh, throughout your journey so far. And the question is, you know, what would be the number one thing that you've learnt in life and life and or business that you would love to go back and teach a younger version of yourself? Mm. Oh, there's so many things I always say, oh my God, give me my 21 year old body and life back with my brain now. <laughs> and I would be freaking unstoppable. The opportunities I had. But anyway, that aside. So what I would say is it's probably close to two things. Surrounding yourself with good people, the right people. Like be, I had the wrong people around me especially through the Aniki stuff, definitely I had people gaslighting me the entire time when I was the actual centre of it all and I didn't realise. So having the right people around you I think is super important. But also understanding that 90% of everything is like vision and confidence like and consistency, but like knowing clearly what you're shooting for and going for it is kind of, that was my secret source always. And I didn't have all the answers, but I just showed up and was prepared to do the work and had the vision and the confidence to kind of go, okay, I'm going to do it. So even narrow focus and then just relentlessly yeah. chase it and down. Even when I was terrified, like, so I'd hit the terror barrier and I'd keep going, whereas lots of people would hit that terror barrier and stop, but I'd just go. So that's the terror barrier, that's in Star Wars, isn't it? I, know, <laughs> it, I think it's a thing. It's a real Probably thing. Where the baby Yoda's from. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Awesome. Uh, that's very cool. Uh, Jen, that, that was such a fun podcast and it got me thinking as well like it's it's super rare to have the opportunity to speak to people whose vision and purpose was instilled into them pretty much as soon as they're born and it's such a unique life to lead and such a unique perspective that brings so thanks so much uh, for bringing it shawnee thanks mate for uh, helping us again today and being such an insightful part of the few podcast if you're keen to take on any more of the gouge or the good knowledge the good stuff that's here at the few then make sure you uh, have a look at fewpodcast.com thanks to our partners uh, icmi icmi.com.au outstanding speakers for a unique event lots of insightful people to pick from there sean's inner circle uh, google sean google inner circle if you're looking for a community that hold yourself accountable and uh, experience the same sort of growth and insights that jen has experienced there for working together as a team to really kick your corporate event to the next level. Make sure you get it to afterburner.com.au or afterburner.com if you're outside Australia. And finally, momentummedia.com.au, Australia's largest industry publisher for helping us bring this podcast uh, to the mainstream. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Jen. I hope you have an awesome time. I look forward to chatting again later. See ya. This has been The Few Podcast with Boo and Sean. If you've got value from this episode and you would like to support us, please share it with your friends. If you're posting this on social media, use the hashtag The Few so we can see who's listening. The Few Podcast is recorded at Momentum Media in Sydney, Australia. To listen to more episodes, visit us at fewpodcast.com and make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. Dream big, keep pushing, and one day you can become one of The Few. We'll see you next week.